Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, transcribed in a place which supposedly has ceased to exist, Superman fights for the lives of two close friends in The Mystery of the $10,000 Ghost. Our scene is a small one-story bank building in a long dead town where sagging paint-cracked frame dwellings, their windows gone, stare blindly out on the single grass-grown street. But oddly enough, the little bank has been freshly painted and its new plate-glass window sparkles from a recent washing. Inside, fresh paint also covers the cracked walls, and rich-looking linoleum hides the rotted floor. Two gleaming new tables and several new chairs have been pulled together, and seated or standing around are a dozen men engaged in a dice game. Standing at the window are two other men. One is tall, dark, aquiline-featured, distinguished-looking, in a frock coat and striped trousers. His companion, who is scarcely half his height, is dressed in boys' clothing and smokes a long black cigar. He is known as Shortcake, and now, puffing nervously on his cigar, he addresses the tall man. It's taken Ed a long time to get here with this sucker, Lucky. I'll be along soon, Shortcake. I wish they'd hurry up. Relax. That's okay for you to say, Lucky. You ain't got any nerves. With me, I'm what you call high-strung. You know, nervous. Well, there's nothing to be nervous about, Shortcake. I don't know. This new sucker, what's his name? Uh... Adolf Melcher. Yeah, well, he'll be the sixth one. Pretty soon, the cops will start wondering what happened to all them missing guys. Let them wonder. They'll never be able to trace them here. You hope. I know. This is a ghost town. It's not even on the map. Nobody lives here except rats hmm, and ghosts. I don't like this place. Now, cheer up. We'll be back in the big town tonight. Oh, wait. Wait, Shortcake. They're coming. Well, I don't see... The car just turned out of the passenger the old road. See it? Yeah, yes, Ed. And the sucker Melcher is with him. Now, in just a few minutes now, Adolf Melcher will add $10,000 to our treasury. <laughs> and one ghost of the town's population. The mystery of the $10,000 ghost. Superman's newest adventure, complete in one episode, will continue in just a moment. Two hundred and one years ago today, gang, a famous American hero was born in Poland. He was born a nobleman, a count, to great wealth in the States. He could have lived out his life in luxury. Instead, this man, Count Casimir Pulaski, gave up everything, his home, his wealth, his power, to join his fellow countrymen in their fight for liberty against a tyrannical Russian czar. When the Polish people lost the gallant fight, Pulaski had to flee his homeland. It was then he heard about some people called Americans who lived way across the ocean. He heard how they were fighting against another tyrant. 
So Count Pulaski crossed the Atlantic and offered his services to General George Washington. He led American troops in the fiercest battles, the most grueling ordeals. His orders were issued in a thick Polish accent. His accent was strange to American ears. But the things he fought for were familiar to American hearts. He was killed in 1779 while leading American soldiers in the Battle of Savannah. Since Pulaski's heroic sacrifice, millions of men and women with foreign-sounding names like his have come here to build this country up, to keep it strong and free. Today, our government continues to protect and strengthen our American rights, to make sure that equal opportunities are enjoyed by all our citizens, native-born and foreign-born alike. In doing so, America is paying the deepest kind of tribute to Pulaski and to all the others like him of every country, creed, and race under the sun. That is the finest homage we can give to the brave men from all over the world who came to America when she was in need and made her great. And now, back to the adventures of Superman and the mystery of the $10,000 ghost. In his office at the Metropolis Daily Planet, one of the country's great newspapers, Editor Perry White is in conference with his star reporter, Clark Kent, who, unknown to all, is really Superman. Something's got to be done, Kent. This Adolf Melcher is the third person to disappear from Metropolis in the last five months. Well, what about the police? They haven't been able to find hide a hair of Melcher or of the other two either. That's strange. People don't just disappear into thin air. Well, these three birds seem to have done just that, Kent. They dropped out of sight and they haven't been heard from since. All fairly substantial citizens, too. Well, what about their families? They ought to have some ideas. None of them had families. All bachelors. Oh? All of them were fairly recent and never goods from Europe, by the way. Oh, yes, uh, and get this. Each of them drew $10,000 from the bank on the day he disappeared. Each of them? That's right. And they weren't planning trips back to the old country, either. How do you know? Well, A, the police are sure they didn't leave the country. B, each of them was a shopkeeper. But none of them said anything to their employees about going away. Makes it look like foul play, Chief. Well, I'm glad you got the idea at last, Kent. Now, as mayor of Metropolis, I'm concerned about the welfare of these three citizens. Naturally. And as editor of the Daily Planet, I smell a big story. You're elected to get it. Me? You. You always fancied yourself a great detective. Here's your chance to show up Inspector Henderson. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, get going now. I've told Henderson to give you all the information he has. I'm on my way, Chief. And don't come back until... Until I found Adolf Melcher and the other two. Right. I thought so. So long, you slave driver. That spooky ghost town gives me the creeps at night, Lucky. Why couldn't we wait till morning to drive out? We're having company at the bank in the morning, Shortcake. Hmm, another one of your uncle. Oh, <laughs> is this uncle going to bring us some more of that nice green cabbage? Naturally, $10,000 worth. Oh, I love that folded money. Who's the sucker this time? A fellow named Anton Lazinski from Metropolis. Hey, that's the fourth one from Metropolis. Ain't that pushing your luck a little too far? Now leave it to me. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, but the cops, they... Let me worry about the cops. <laughs> and with this sneak set up, I am not worrying. Now step on it, shortcake. We've got work to do before we cash in our next $10,000 ghost tomorrow.
speaking. Chief, this is Clark Kent. I think I've got a lead to those three men who disappeared. Wonderful. Let's have it. Well, I'd rather not talk about it on the phone. I can use a little help, though. What's Jim Olsen doing? I sent him up to Willow Falls on the flood story. Oh? How about Lois Lane? Ah, Lois. She's off chasing ghosts with that crackpot. Ghosts? What crackpot? The correspondence school sleuth. Sherlock Holmes of Screen Run. Oh, you mean our rural correspondent Horatio Horn. That's the idiot. Uh, Horatio Horn may be a little uh, eccentric, Chief. A little? But he's got a head on his shoulders. Yeah, so has a baboon. <laughs> all right, all right. What's this about chasing ghosts? Well, how do I know? Something about a ghost town. I didn't want Lois to waste time, but Horn was already in the city at the railroad station, in fact... And chattering his fool head off on the phone, so... I get so... it, I get it. Lois insisted on meeting him. Well, that lets her out. Uh, can you lend me Tony Sloan? Sure, if you need him. Where are you? A rooming house at 1061 Archer Avenue. 1061 Archer. I'll uh, send Tony right out. Thanks. And when you hear from Lois, tell her to save a ghost for me. So long, Chief. <laughs> Here's a taxi, Miss Lane. Get in, please. All right, Horatio, but I wish you'd tell later, me... Later, later. Not a moment to waste right now. Uh, 2836 West Street, driver. And do hurry, please. What's at 2836 West Street, Horatio? Mr. Anton Lazinski, of course. And who, may I ask, is Mr. Anton Lazinski? Why, the name of the man on the letter. Oh, this is like pulling teeth. What letter, Horatio? The one the man deposited in my post office in Screen Run yesterday afternoon. I'm the postmaster, you know, as well as a telegrapher. And a digger of artesian wells and a graduate of the infamous correspondence school uh, for homemade uh, private uh, 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 I know, the Horatio. The famous international correspondence school for detectives and crime deduction, Miss Lane. Horatio, please get down to cases. You said on the phone that you had hold of a terrific story. I'm sure I have, by Gulliver. What would you say when a man sends letters from a ghost bank in a ghost town? I'd say he was probably a ghost, except that there aren't any ghosts. Exactly. Elucidate further, Horatio. This is beginning to sound interesting. Well, as I say, this man, whom I never saw before, deposited a letter in my post office in Screen Run yesterday. Yes? Uh, the envelope, uh, a fine, expensive envelope, by the way, was engraved the First National Bank of Nugget City. Nugget City? I never heard of it. Of course you didn't. Nugget City has been a ghost town for 48 years. Oh? And what I want to know is, why did this man send a letter from a bank which no longer exists in a town which no longer exists? I don't know, unless it was a gag. A, a what? A trick, a joke. Oh, I don't think so. This man was definitely a criminal type. The smooth, confidence man type. Oh, come now, Horatio. You couldn't possibly tell that. I am a trained observer, Miss Lane. And to the trained observer, many things are apparent. As a matter of fact, I wrote my thesis on that subject for the famous international... Oh, now spare me, Horatio, please. I still think it's a gag, but I've wasted all this time, so I might as well waste a little more. Uh, the letter was addressed to Mr. Anton Lazinski here in Metropolis? Uh, uh, yes, yes, that's right. 2836 West Street. Well, we're turning into West Street now. Let's see what Mr. Lazinski has to say. You say that is no Nugget City, Mr. Ford? It's been deserted, a ghost town, for 48 years, Mr. Lazinski. Well, I, I do not understand. I, I have a letter from the president of the bank. It's easy enough to have letterheads printed, Mr. Lazinski. Look, uh, why don't you tell us all about it? We want to help you. Well, the man said it is better not to mention about it until everything is arranged, Miss Lane. But if you are right, if perhaps there is dishonesty... Let's hear the story before we decide. Uh, yes, you can trust us, Mr. Lesinski. 
your newspaper, The Daily Planet, is a fine paper. I will tell you. Good, <laughs> good. It. I come here from the old country seven years ago. I come alone. My wife, my children, all were killed by the Nazis. What a shame. I open an optical shop. I do fairly well, but I am lonesome. Of course. Last week, a gentleman calls me. He says he's from the government. Well. The young son of a distant cousin whom I have never seen has just arrived in America. A DP. He, too, is all alone. But he knows of me. He has considerable money from his father, which is, how you say, frozen by our government. Yes, frozen. That's right. The man tells me, if I am a responsible person, I can adopt this boy, my young blood relative. His money, $100,000, will be entrusted to me. $100,000? Yes, there will be money to educate him and to care for me in my old age. I say I am glad. And the man asks me, can I put up $10,000 as a bond, he says, to show my responsibility and good faith. Uh-oh. I say I can do this, and the man from the government says he will have me investigated. If all goes well... I will hear from the president of the Nugget City Bank where my young relative's money is. He says it is best not to discuss this with anyone during the investigation. Oh. So this morning I receive a letter from the president of the bank. I knew what it? did it say, Mr. Lesinski? That I have been investigated and found to be of good character. Tomorrow morning, a limousine will call for me to take me to the Nugget City Bank, where my young relative will be waiting. What? I am to bring $10,000 in cash or securities as a bond. Then the boy and his entire fortune will be turned over to me. So, oh, wait, that's the racket. Now, wait, Horatio. Huh? What else, Mr. Lezinski? Well, I am to say nothing of this to anyone until everything is complete. Well, he means he doesn't want the police to find out. This is an out-and-out out fraud, Miss Lane, just as I was sure it would be. It certainly looks that way, Horatio. Of course it is. Nugget City is a ghost town. These rascals, whoever they are, plan to get Mr. Lezinski out there, take his money, and then uh, maybe kill him. Kill me? I think Horatio's right, Mr. Lezinski. I'm going to call Inspector Henderson. Don't touch that will oh, sister. What you guys, it? don't move. Who are you? Keep him covered, Dan. Don't worry, Ed. Wise guys, huh? You figured out everything, didn't you? Now, what does this here, mean? The only mean? thing you didn't figure out is that Lucky would be smart enough to keep a tail on this sucker Lezinski to make sure he didn't give us away. Who's Lucky? You're going to find out, sister. And that's about all you ever will find out. Okay, Dan, get them ready for their last trip. The mystery of the $10,000 ghost will continue in just a moment, so keep listening. Know what causes a whirlpool, boys and girls? An eddy or small current of water which moves in a different direction from the main current. When the two currents hit, the water starts churning around. A dangerous whirlpool has been formed, and any object floating on the surface will be sucked under. Now, among people, the whirlpools, whipped up by prejudice, are caused by those who run counter to the rest of us. The folks who get all worked up against everybody who's the slightest bit different from themselves. Everything's flowing smoothly until they start their undercurrent of bitterness. They spread rumors round and round and suck a lot of foolish people into the trouble that they stir up. Fall into this whirlpool of prejudice, boys and girls, and down you go. 
It gets harder and harder to see clearly. It becomes impossible to keep your head above water. You just go thrashing about, striking out at everything in sight, and never making any headway at all. Now, you can avoid getting into such troubles, gang, just by sticking to the mainstream of friendship. And that flows among sensible folks. And now, back to the adventures of Superman and the mystery of the $10,000 ghost. Surprised in Anton Lazinski's house by two armed men, Lois Lane, Horatio Horn, and Mr. Lazinski were drugged, then taken by car from Metropolis to the small bank in the ghost town of Nugget City. Dawn is breaking as Lois and Horn come to in a tiny windowless room in the bank. Mr. Lazinski is still unconscious. By the pencil ray of a tiny flashlight which is fitted into one end of Horn's amazing night, Lois and the little amateur detective are exploring their dark prison. Don't make any noise, Horatio. Those men are right outside that door in the bank. Villains. I'm certain they mean to do away with us, Miss Lane. Of course they do. We know all about their racket. The only reason we're still alive at all is because Mr. Zinsky brought the $10,000 in bonds. Uh-huh. When he comes to, he can endorse the bonds over to them. They'll finish him and and, and, and us, too. Oh, dear me. How do you know? Well, they were in here a few minutes ago before you came, too. I heard the boss, the one they call Lucky, say so. Oh, my goodness. We've got to get out of here quickly, then. But how? That door leads into the bank, and there aren't any windows. I know. If we could un... Wait. What's this? What? It's another door. A door? Yeah. It's just opposite to the other one. And this door must lead outside by Gulliver. See if it's unlocked, Horatio. Hurry. I certainly will. Locked by Crickety. Oh, I was afraid of that. Yeah. Just hold this light, Miss Lane. And keep up your spirits. I'll have us out of here in jig time. Horatio, what are you taking your shoes off for? You'll see in a moment. There. The heels come off. They're false. Why, of all... What's that inside them? Two powerful little dry cell batteries. Batteries? Right. Now, if you hold them and give me my knife... Uh, thank you. Here you are. Uh, I have a miniature power drill in the handle, among other things. A what? A miniature power drill. Oh, don't tell me. I forgot it. Shh, go ahead, Rachel. Here it is. Now, I'll just hook it up to the batteries and then... Watch me cut the lock out of this old door. Oh, it won't work. I think it will. Hear that? It is working. Now, to cut around the lock... Oh, Horatio, you're wonderful. You're wonderful and crazy. How did you ever think of a thing like that? Oh, just a little trick I picked up at the famous International Correspondence Institute... For detectives and crime deduction, I know. Uh, Just hold the light a little higher, please, Miss Lane. There, how's this? Ah, fine. <laughs> Look, I'm cutting through this rotten old door like butter. If only they don't hear us in the bank. Oh, I'm not making much noise. And I'm almost through. We'll show those rascals a thing or two by Gulliver. What's <coughs> that? The lock fell out. Ah, to open the door. Won't it open? It seems to be stuck. Help me push Miss Lane. Okay. Come on. Uh, hurry. We're getting it. Push harder. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Listen, 
citizen chief. Oh, I... here you are, Kent. I tried to reach you all night. Now, where have you been? Hunting for those three citizens who disappeared so mysteriously, of course. Well, any luck? You said you had a lead. I did. A hot one. But it turned out... Well, it hasn't turned out at all. Well, what do you mean? I finally found a man, the priest in Adolf Melcher's parish, who'd seen Melcher the night before he disappeared. Melcher vanished last week, you know. Yes, 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 yes. I know. Go on, go on. The priest asked Melcher if he was coming to Mass the next morning, and Melcher said he couldn't. He had to go to Nugget City. Where? To a city or town or whatever it is that doesn't exist. A town that doesn't exist? Uh-huh. What are you talking about? Sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it's true. The place Melcher told his priest he was going to just doesn't exist. Well, I'll be... The way I figure it, Melcher and the other two chaps who disappeared from Metropolis were all victims of a clever swindle of some sort. You remember each of them drew $10,000 from his bank just before he disappeared? Yes, yes, I know that. But then they were lured or taken somewhere. They were told they were going to Nugget City just in case they talked. Oh, say, wait. In which case, neither the authorities nor anyone else would be able to trace them since there is no Nugget City. Uh, And they... they... Wait, I said, there is a Nugget City. What? Uh, I just remembered. That's the place, the the, the ghost town that Horatio Horn was talking about. Ghost town? Yes, Nugget City. Horn said he was on to some big story about it. Lois went out to meet him. Where? Where did she meet him? Oh, at the railroad station. Horn just got into town, but that was yesterday evening. Haven't you heard from her since then? No, 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 from Horn either. As a matter of fact, I've been a bit worried. I'm worried right now. I'm afraid... Uh, Kent, you don't think Lois and Horn fell into the hands of this, this swindle gang, whoever they are? That's exactly what I'm afraid of, Chief. Great Caesar... Well, well, don't, don't, don't just stand there. Do something. Call Inspector Henderson. Call the FBI. They're all call on the all... job. But it looks as if only I can help them now. You? Yes. Try to remember, Chief. Did Horatio say anything else about Nugget City? Anything to give us a clue to where it is? No, no, he didn't. Oh, there are hundreds of ghost towns in this country. I have to take the time to search them all. Wait a minute. Did Horatio happen to say where he had just come from? Well, let me see. Well, yes. Yes, come to think of it. He said he just arrived from Screen Run. And then maybe I can find the answer out there. Horatio has an elderly sister he lives with. She might know something. Well, I'll put in a long-distance call for her. I know a faster way to talk to her. Well, what do you mean? Where are you going, Kent? I'm on my way. Keep your fingers crossed, Chief. Nobody in my office, I hope. No. Good. Just change in here. Out of these clothes. Only Horatio's sister can tell me about that ghost town. It's my only hope. There we are. Well, set as Superman. Up with this window. And out to screen run. Up, up, and away! The climax of the $10,000 ghost will come to you in just a moment, so stand by. Gang, the newspapers told of a funny incident that happened recently in the city of Munich in Germany. The Munich Zoo acquired a new Paul Parrot. Suddenly, one day last month, to the birdhouse keeper's embarrassment, the parrot began screeching, Heil Hitler! Heil Hitler! Evidently, in the old days, when Hitler and his crazy theories were still popular, somebody had taught Polly to say that. And having nothing but a bird brain, the parrot didn't realize that times have changed. Today in Germany, only a Paul parrot would be dumb enough to go on heiling der Führer. But it wasn't so long ago when millions of foolish Germans believed and repeated all those nonsense theories that Hitler and the Nazis handed them. Rubbish about Aryan supremacy and how the so-called master race could lick the rest of the world. Yes, most Germans were Paul parrots in those days, screeching Hitler's slogans of hatred and prejudice. Well, you know where those ideas brought Germany to war and defeat and final ruin. Over here... We've always been too careful to let some dictator make chattering parrots out of the rest of us. We've learned to think for ourselves and judge people on their individual merits. We know that the strength of our nation depends on that. Just to make sure we'd never forget that, 
Our ancestors put the Bill of Rights into our Constitution. This as a protection for America against dictators. If anybody tries to make parrots out of us, we point to our Bill of Rights. And then we give them the bird. And now, back to the adventures of Superman and the climax of the mystery of the $10,000 ghost. In the little ghost town bank, the suave man called Lucky has just emerged from the room in which Lois Lane, Horatio Horn, and Anton Lusinski were imprisoned. Carrying a sheaf of engraved papers and smiling broadly, Lucky approaches his dwarfed henchman, Shortcake, who, garbed in boy's clothing, puffs nervously at a large cigar. At the rear of the room, the other members of the gang are engaged in a dice game. I'll take a gander at these Shortcake. $10,000 in grade A bonds. Endorsed over to me by Lazinski. Nice going, Lucky. Let's blow now, huh? Well, <laughs> what's your hurry? Are you kidding? Them two Daily Planet reporters. The cops will be burning up the country looking for them. I'll never find them here. Look, Lucky, let's not push even your luck too far. The Daily Planet is big time. They'll do everything to find a lame Damon Horn. I know it, Shortcake. I was only needling you. We'll finish up here and lay low for a while. We'll find another ghost town out west someplace. Okay, okay, but let's scram out of here fast. All right. But there's a little job you have to do first. Three little jobs, I mean. What job? I dump Lazinski down in the cellar. Miss Lane and Horner down there, too. <laughs> they got the door open somehow and fell into the cellar. <laughs> you ought to hear Miss Lane bawling horn out. Hey, that's good. That's real good. <laughs> yes, out of the frying pan into the fire. So now, take your gun and go down there and finish him. Oh, no. Not me. Why not? I ain't going down in that cellar. Those other six guys we knocked off are down there. <laughs> you afraid of ghost shortcake? I ain't going down there, I said. Okay. I was only kidding you. I'll send Ed down. He likes ghosts. The kind that pay us ten Gs, that is. Ed. Yeah, Lucky. Go down in the cellar and finish those three jerks. Then we'll be on our way. Okay, Lucky. Uh, what? Who's this guy in the funny clothes? I don't know. I'll tell you who I am later. Right now, I've got work to do downstairs. Stop him, boys. Don't let him... No. You ought to know better than to try to stop me. But if you insist on playing rough, take this. And this. Stop tickling me with that lead. Bullets can't hurt Superman. He's not lucky. He's Superman. Stop shooting and let's get out of here. Oh, no, you don't. I'll just knock your heads together like this. Oh, oh. That'll hold Lucky Shortcake and company. Uh-oh. I've got to get down the cellar in a hurry. Down. Put that you. gun down. Oh, Superman. Oh, Superman. I'll be with you in a moment, Miss Lane. Horn, you won't be good, eh? Okay, then. Pleasant dreams. There. I guess that does it. Now. Oh, Superman, you got here just in time. Oh, you certainly did. This ruffian was going to finish us like his gang did those six dead men across the cellar there. Oh, poor chaps. I gather they're the men who disappeared so mysteriously. That's right. Lucky picked his victims carefully. Bachelors recently from Europe who had some money but were lonesome for folks of their own blood. He told them that a young nephew or a young cousin that they'd never seen had just arrived in this country with a good deal of money. That little rascal shortcake posed as a young nephew or cousin. Yes, and then these men could adopt the boy and control his fortune, too. I see. All they had to do was put up $10,000 to show that they were responsible people. And when he got them out here, he took their money and then murdered them, eh? And that's right. It's so awful. Yeah. Lucky charged those poor chaps $10,000 for the privilege of being liquidated. That's right. Well, let's go up and get Lucky and company and turn them over to the authorities. 
I'm quite sure the state will be happy to liquidate them for nothing. And so ends the mystery of the $10,000 ghost. Another transcribed Superman adventure mystery in the new half-hour series. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and brings you radio's most exciting stories of action, adventure, and mystery. Each story complete. So be sure to listen when you hear the familiar cry... Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! The Adventures of Superman comes to you at this same time, same station, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Remember, three different stories every week, each one complete. Be sure to listen again Monday, same time, for The Mystery of the Flying Monster on The Adventures of Superman. Superman.